listening to the Refinery Church Podcast. Each message comes from our Saturday night service in Brea, California. We pray these messages will build your faith and encourage you today. The word discipline is used in Proverbs 21 times. That's in the the New Living Translation. Some translations uh, use a different word for discipline. Other translations have more words that say discipline. But in the New Living Translation, the word discipline is repeated 21 times. Half the time, it's referring to correction. You know, uh, uh, if, if somebody is doing the wrong thing, then there is discipline to correct their behavior. Half of the time it's spoken that way. As a matter of fact, here's a couple of verses that talk about uh, discipline. Take a look at Proverbs right here. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 32 says, if you reject discipline, you only harm yourself. But if you listen to correction, see, it's talking about correction there, you grow in understanding, all right? So this particular verse is referencing discipline in the area of correction. But the other half of the verses that we see in Proverbs are referencing discipline as it relates to exercise or, or, or uh, uh, self-control or temperance, right? You know that kind of discipline. It's saying No to Krispy Kreme donuts and yes to quinoa. Yeah, right. It's discipline saying, making me fat, making me healthy. You know, that's the kind of discipline we're talking about. Matter of fact, take a look at this one. Uh, Proverbs chapter 5, verse 23. That's the kind of discipline we're talking about here. It says, for lack of discipline, they will die because they ate too many Krispy Kreme donuts. See, that's what that's referring to. Led astray by their own great folly, you know, yes, led a craziness. What Solomon's doing there is he's con- comparing the discipline life with one that's careless and reckless, you see? So there's those two kinds of disciplines that we see in Proverbs. One that's about correction and the other's about self-control, uh, uh, self-exercise, uh, He goes on to stress the importance of this kind of discipline. Take a look at Proverbs chapter 23. Oh, that's the wrong reference there. It's not Proverbs chapter 5. It's actually Proverbs 23, 23. And it actually says this. Let's all read this one together. This is good. Ready? Begin. Get the truth and never sell it. Also get wisdom, discipline, and good judgment. See, get discipline, the kind of discipline that says, I'm going to live a life that's self-controlled. Now, when you hear the word discipline, as I brought it up, as you hear the word discipline, what's the first thing that came to your brain? Consequence belt. Here's a picture of the first thing that came to my mind when I think about discipline right there. My dad had a little small canoe oar that looked very similar to this one. And he had, he had taken a, a wood burner and burned into it Board of Education. <laughs> and it taught me a whole lot. So when I first thought of discipline, I thought about this. This is the kind of picture that I had in my mind, slightly worn and heat to the seat. Now this is one kind of discipline. It does bring correction. It's the one that usually first comes to people's minds, but that's not the discipline I want to focus on tonight. I want to focus on the discipline, the discipline that builds a positive reputation in the community, 
the discipline that we should have and could have that forms successful leaders, business leaders, community leaders, the kind of discipline that creates champion athletes. That's the kind of discipline I want to focus on. A disciplined lifestyle. A disciplined lifestyle. The disciplined life. That's what I mean by the disciplined life. And we see this most evidently in athletes. Any athletes in here, you love sports, you do sports. How many just like to watch sports? It's okay, you can be honest. You're a, you're a spectator, that's okay, that's all right. We see that, that athletes are the ones that, that, those are the ones who understand this kind of discipline the best. As a matter of fact, um, I love and I'm impressed by successful athletes. I love to watch stories about these athletes because I love to see the discipline that they exercise in their lives to accomplish these great feats, these incredible feats. Uh, I know they have talent, but, but talent alone doesn't make them a champion. There's a lot of talented people out there that aren't getting gold medals in the Olympics. It's the ones who are disciplined that get the gold. I, matter of fact, speaking of the Olympics, I love with, who, I get, who I'm any Olympic fans. You like to watch Winter Olympics or Summer? It doesn't matter. I love the Olympics. Every two years. I'm glad they split it up because it used to be every four years they would have the winter and the summer that same year. And you had to wait four years. I hated that. But I was glad that they said, okay, we'll have winter, and then two years later, we'll have summer, and then two years later, we'll have winter. I love it, because I love getting into the Olympics. I especially like the Summer Olympics. And back in the 2000s, in the early 2000s, for some reason, I really got into watching swimming. Now, I'm not, I, I mean, I swim, I surf, I, I play in the ocean, but I'm not a competitive swimmer at all. But I was highly impressed by this young guy who came on the scene back in the year 2000 at the Olympics. He was only 15 years old. And people were going, man, you got to watch this guy. He's like a fish. And then four years later, in 2004, he was 19 years old, and the eyes of the world were on this one swimmer. Anybody know his name? Michael Phelps. That's right. Michael Phelps. Over the last four Summer Olympics, over the last 12 years, he has become the most successful the most decorated Olympian in all of history of the Olympics. He has 28 medals, 13 gold medals on individual competition. More than any, I mean, it is way more than anybody else in history. This man is an incredible athlete who who succeeded in one area of his life and failed in other areas of his life. Succeeded in the athletic world because of discipline. Matter of fact, let's take a look really quick at some of the things that Michael's done. Take a look at this incredible athlete. Kill the lights up here, would you, Ken?
It's as if the guy was made to be in water. For those who, who might think evolution is real, they'd say, see, that, that guy came from a fish right there. <laughs> it's obvious. What does it take to compete like Mike? Well, Phelps was asked some questions about what it took, and here's some of the things he said. He said, I started swimming when I was six years old. That's when he got into the water. And he grew up swimming every day for about two to two and a half hours a day, starting at 5 a.m. every single day. He was in the water at 5 a.m. for two and a half hours. Says when he started competing, which was around the age of eight, he would do doubles on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So for three days a week, he was in the water for five hours. That was during the school year. Then Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, he would do doubles during the summertime. Hours and hours and hours into the water, disciplining himself. When he was in training, he says he had to consume, and still does, have to consume 12,000 calories per day when he was in training. The average person, it's recommended, should consume about 2,000 calories a day. He was having to consume 12,000 just to fuel himself. He says that food was no longer fun. Food was fuel. Food was fuel. It's discipline. It's discipline. No doubt, Michael was talented. But it was his discipline that made him an Olympic champion. Unfortunately, he didn't exercise those same disciplines in his own personal life. And so after the Olympics were done, he struggled with drug abuse. He struggled with a number of issues. And today, Michael's doing a lot better because he began to translate those same disciplines that he was exercising in his sport into his own personal life. Here's one of the things that Michael Phelps is famous for saying. He says, if you want to be the best, you have to do things other people aren't willing to do. Great definition of discipline right there. Great definition of discipline. If you want to write that down, here's what Michael Phelps said. I'll say it again. If you want to be the best, you have to do the things other people aren't willing to do. It's the definition of discipline. God teaches us about discipline all through the book of Proverbs, the benefits of discipline. And as you're reading through Proverbs, you'll see, and I would hope you begin to take that to heart. But there's other places in the Bible that God speaks about discipline as well. Matter of fact, he spoke through the apostle Paul in the New Testament on this same principle. And tonight I want to focus a little on this. If you're a note taker, write down this reference, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. This is what the Apostle Paul has to say about discipline. I'm going to put it up here on the screen and you can follow along with me as I read. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 through 27. Here's what Paul says. He says, Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. Everybody say disciplined. They're all disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we, we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete 
training it to do what it should do. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I might sell, myself might be disqualified. The Apostle Paul uses this illustration of a race, a contest, to help us understand what it means to live a life of discipline. Now, this was familiar to the Christians in the Corinthian area because the Greeks were the ones who started the Olympics. To this day, we still run these races. We still perform in these competitions called the Olympics that were going on back then. But there was a second race or a second competition that actually took place in the city of Corinth, and it was called the Ithmian Games, I-S-T-H-M-I-A-N Games. And they were held in the city of Corinth every three years. If you go to Corinth today, there in Greece, you can actually see in some of the stones the footholds where the runners would start their races. There are still signs of these races that took place in Corinth over 2,000 years ago. This was a city of racers. This was a city of athletes. And so when Paul is speaking to the church in Corinth, they knew exactly what he was talking about. Because these Corinthians knew. They knew that every athlete had to take an oath that they would train intensively and specifically for 10 months, giving up all sorts of other activities so that they could be the best they could be at this competition. These athletes had to give up certain foods in their diet, which would enable them to endure the race. They subjected themselves to the rigors of discipline. So what's, the Holy, what's, what's Paul talking about here? The Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul urges us to see our very lives the same way. The way we follow Christ. The way we live our lives on a daily basis. To live on purpose like these kinds of athletes. See, our aim is to run the race of life in order to be useful and purposeful, fulfilling why we were created, why we're here on earth. To be used by God wherever, whenever he needs us to be used. This was Paul's objective. That's what Paul is talking about here. I discipline my body so that I can be used by God. He would wake up in the morning and it was the first thing I thought on his head. He would set the tone for his day. He was ready to give up certain indulgencies that normally would be okay. But for the sake of the gospel, he would say no to them. For example, he might be with a group of people that he's sharing the love of Jesus Christ with them. And these people would find eating certain foods inappropriate and offensive. Paul would purpose not to eat those foods. Was it okay for him to eat them? Oh, it probably was. But for the sake of the gospel... For the sake of demonstrating the love of God, he would abstain from eating those foods or drinking those drinks like an athlete does when they're training for a competition. If they interfered with his objective to be what God had called them to be. See, for the greater objective was to win the prize, to see people's lives transformed, to see the hope of the gospel rise up in people's hearts and lives and to see families restored. That's what, that was worth the sacrifice. Sooner or later, each of us asked those questions. Why am I here? What exactly have I been created for? 
And the Bible clearly tells us what it is. You were made on purpose. You were made for a purpose. Not to just breathe, live, and die. But God puts you on this earth to make a difference in your community, in your workplace, in your school. And he wants you to run that race and see it through to completion. Run it with strength and not trip up and fail. Not to fall off the side. Not to give up. But to run on purpose. Making a difference. See, he wants you. He designed you on purpose. With all your weird particular abilities. With all your talents. So that you can make a difference. And ultimately... He gets the glory for that. Now, this figure of a race that Paul uses is obvious. To run this race, it's going to require discipline. It's going to require discipline. See, what I can't do is I can't look and go, man, it would be so cool to go and be a part of one of those mud game things. One of those mud runs. That looks so fun. Get a group of people. Let's all just go do a mud run next week, right? And we all get out there and we have not trained. We have not disciplined our life. We go and we drink a giant soda, a 64-ounce soda, and go, okay, let's go now. What would end up happening? I'd be puking my guts out. I'd probably get up to the first wall and barely be able to make it over there. I'd start climbing through the mud and I would, I would fail. I would not even be able to complete the race. It requires discipline. It requires training. It requires preparation. For us to run the race that God has called us to is going to require us to live a life of discipline. To take every day. To read a chapter. To spend time with God to interact with God's word on a daily basis and allow it to feed our soul, to, to put down the Netflix for a few minutes, to put aside the gaming, the mobile devices for a few minutes every day and spend time with God's word. That's the kind of discipline we're talking about. And doing it every day, getting ourselves ready to fulfill our call and our purpose here in life. It requires discipline. And you know why? Because there's always something that's going to distract you. There's always, some, there's always some temptation that's going to say, oh, not today, start tomorrow. Right? Anybody ever tried to start a diet? Tomorrow's always better. Always feels better to start it tomorrow. I'll just start tomorrow. There's temptations to turn aside, to give up, to sit back, to not get involved. But those things are going to sabotage your effectiveness. It's going to sabotage your impact. And this is what Paul was talking about. So he says, we need self-discipline. We need self-control. Discipline. The disciplined life. A life worth living. It's been said, and here's a quote, that what we need most in our modern world and what we want the least is discipline. It's a true statement. What we need the most and what we, need, what we want the least is discipline. See, we have a society of husbands and wives who are giving up on their marriage because it requires discipline to remain faithful, 
to remain true to my commitment. It requires discipline. To say no to the temptations and yes to my commitment requires discipline. We have people who can't keep employment. They can't because it requires discipline to see the job through to the end and to do it with excellence. It requires discipline. We have Christians, followers of Jesus, who struggle in their faith because it takes discipline to trust God, to be patient, and see God through the storms. It requires discipline in our faith to trust Him. See, because when life gets tough, many of us doubt God, and we look for the easy way out. We look for the easy fix instead of exercising the discipline of faith and trust and patience and saying, God, I trust you, and we're going to see this through. Solomon said in the book of Proverbs 24, he says, if you faint in the day of adversary, adversary, adversity, thank you, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Strengthen yourself. How do you strengthen yourself? Spiritually speaking, get into God's word every day. Get into God's word every day. Discipline yourself and you'll get stronger. So here's what I'm doing. I'm giving you a challenge. For 30 days, starting August 1st, start to exercise your faith. Start to exercise your soul. Start to strengthen up your spirit by getting into God's word. And I guarantee at the end of 30 days, you're going to have more wisdom, more insight, more understanding. And then because you've journaled in in these cool little refinery journals here, you'll have something to come back to and go, yeah, what was that about finances? That's right. What was that about friendship? Oh, that's right. I needed that. Thank you, God. Days of adversity are going to come. We need to understand that. And we need to develop self-discipline to handle it and get insight from God's word so that we can have the wisdom to get through these storms and these times of adversity. Take a look at this quote from a very famous pastor, a very insightful pastor who's been used by God to impact literally tens of thousands of people, a man by the name of Bill Hybels, who pastors a church in the Chicago suburb area. Here's what he says. Take a look as I read it to you. He says, The rewards of discipline are great, but they are seldom immediate. When the world clamors for instant gratification and easy solutions, it's hard to choose the way of discipline instead. But you will never build a walk with God, a marriage, a body, or a bank account by obeying the world's laws of instant gratification. It requires discipline. Isn't that true? That's such good advice. Thank you, Pastor Bill Hybels. Hey, let me ask you something as we begin to wrap up. What areas of your life do you need to discipline? You've been sitting here listening and you've been hearing this wisdom from God's word and maybe some things have been rolling around in your mind like, man, that's right. You know what? I need to stop eating that garbage. Begin to commit those things to God right now and say, God, help me have the strength to discipline my my eating habits. Maybe it's in your finances. 
Maybe you need to say, God, I need, I need to stop spending so much on that stuff that's just pointless and start using my finances with wisdom. God, give me the strength to discipline my spending. Maybe it's physical. Maybe it's time to put on the running shoes and start jogging regularly or walking or even getting off the couch and simply moving around so that your body can be stronger. Maybe it's spiritually. Maybe you're saying, I am going to take this opportunity this month to begin to strengthen my soul, the thing that lasts forever. Maybe it's relationally. Maybe it's relationally. Maybe there's, maybe there's some relation, maybe there's some friendships or associations that you need to start saying, you know what? This is unhealthy. This friendship, this relationship, whatever this is, is unhealthy for me, and I need to start exercising some discipline, and, 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 and things need to stop going this direction. I've read in the book of Proverbs where it says, bad company corrupts. And some folks that you've been hanging out with are keeping you down. And maybe it's time to say, I'm going to exercise some discipline and find some new friends. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's where you're spending time online. Maybe you're getting online and you're spending a lot more time than you really should be in that gaming center or that shopping center or that adult center. And it's time to start exercising some discipline and turn those things off and say, mm-mm, it's not good for me. Not good for me. I'm wasting time. I'm spending too much money and I'm perverting my heart. Time to turn it off. Start exercising discipline. What areas of your life do you need to say, it's time. It's time to start exercising discipline. Thank you for listening. For more information, check out our website at wearerefinery.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram at wearerefinery. God bless.